All right, the whole gang is back together for the Miami Sports Pod. And what could be the last time this year we have a little pod with all of us. Who knows? With all the uh, holiday schedules coming up, I hope everyone's having a lovely holiday season. Man, for a second, I thought you were firing me, and I didn't even know about it. No, exactly. Well, you know. I actually thought the exact same thing. Contracts are up. (laughs) Dookie got his Emmy so we can move on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You got one, too, my friend. That's over. That's over. Uh, Dwayne Wade got one, too. How about that? What a good week for the Heat. Dwayne Wade got an Emmy. Dwayne we got an Emmy, and his former team is playing great basketball. That he keep on, uh, keep on winning the three and one homestand. They started their road trip with a win uh, in Dallas, and I know Luka Doncic went down with an injury, but still, it was a wild and wacky win. And you never, what's the old thing? You never apologize for a win. Now, Miami Heat certainly are going to do that as they enter the new week. As still one of the best teams in the NBA, guys. So why don't we, why don't we turn our attention to the Heat? It, I think it's going to be a theme of the rest of. You know, not just a couple of weeks this year, but I mean into next year with the Dolphin season winding down and the Heat really starting to look like a legitimate contending type team. The well, question, you don't want to break down the Giants Dolphins game. Uh, no, no, that's very, the that'll be a special pod that we'll have okay. uh, at a time to be. You're an later. expert on both teams. Uh, expert on how bad they both are, but <laughs> but it's fine. Look, the Giants won. They, they didn't ruin the tank completely, so I, I can live with that. Uh, but no, when you look, guys, when you look at it. And, Clay, I'll start with you. When you look at this team, you're basically at the start of this week, as they still are on this road trip, you know, they start the week in Memphis, go to Philly later in the week. It's basically the, the a third of the season is now complete, officially on the schedule. And the Heat have the third best record in the NBA entering the week. Yet, and you know this better, is probably better than anyone who covers the team or who follows the team, because, you know, you read all the different articles, and whether it's national or local or just Twitter and social media buzz, everyone seems to be thinking, okay, so what's the trade? What do they do? Why is there this whole thought that the Heat should continue to tinker when they're pretty damn good right now? Because I think you have fans who understand that this team isn't quite a championship well, What team about the yet? media perspective, though? The national media seems to think, uh, you know, I read articles where people are still connecting dots with Chris Paul and and LaMarcus Aldridge and all these guys, and I'm thinking to myself, really? That's the direction you think this team needs to go? So here's my understanding of this whole thing. The Heat are not going to do anything. Let me say that again. They are not going to do anything to jeopardize getting a star in 2021. Agree. Zero. Agree. And I think Pat Riley's kind of hinted that. In a, in a not-so-subtle way when he has, has talked the last, let's see, six months or so. And that includes, by the way, trading away assets that could potentially get one of those stars a year earlier. And so, you know, when you talk about, and these are some of the names that we've heard, right? You mentioned the name Chris Paul. You've heard LaMarcus Aldridge. We've heard DeMar DeRozan. We've heard Kyle Lowry. The Heat are not going to trade anyone or anything Mm -hmm. that will not return them a star or a superstar level player. I'm talking all NBA level player, not necessarily all NBA first team, not necessarily Giannis or Anthony Davis, however, right close to that. So keep this in mind. Pat Riley's thing is there are two things, winning and misery. Do you think Pat Riley feels any less miserable when they lose in the conference finals versus losing in the first round of the playoffs? I think Pat Riley feels miserable when they don't win a championship. So so I don't think they're going to do anything. So the thought to me, Will, of tinkering, the only tinkering that they're going to do is, you know, potentially you might see a minor move here or there and, 
it might be something where you're just kind of rearranging some salary, um, maybe bringing in a piece, maybe an extra ball handler, something like that. But they're not going to give up a significant asset. They're not going to give up something that this team is going to miss long term. So, Will, I think the reason why fans keep talking about the trade machine, number one, is because everybody loves the transaction. And, and I think that might be the biggest part of this. Number two is because... I think fans understand that right now you've got clear tiers in the NBA. At the very top, it's Milwaukee and the Lakers. And by the way, the Heat could have won that game. The Heat beat Milwaukee, Milwaukee, and played tough last week against the Lakers. Yeah, and and obviously the NBA officiating the the NBA coming out the day after with a two-minute report and saying that the Heat should have had a couple of opportunities at the end of that game. So they were right in that game, but they're still not quite in the class yet of the Bucs and the Lakers. And and I think Philly... Who who is, really? Well, that's the thing. I think those two are at the top. I think Philly is as close as anybody else in the NBA of, of getting to that next tier. But then after that, I'd say the Heat are right at the top of that. But it's going to take, Will, I think the reason why everybody keeps talking about this is any Heat fan who is accustomed to winning championships understands that this roster is currently constructed is not going to get there this year. They're going to need one more big piece. And I I agree with you. And I I think that if, look, we joke, and especially on social media with fans and stuff, Dookie, we joke about, hey, this 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 team could be a contender. I think they could be a contender in the East as far as making a run into a series or two. But you look at Milwaukee, and I think to Clay's point, probably even Philly, as much as I know Heat fans hate to hear that because they love to hate Philly, and I get it. It's a vice versa. The feeling is mutual. But the Sixers have a, have a lot of length. They have, they have the kind of team that will likely give Miami problem in any kind of seven-game series. But this is a team that, in the Heat, to me, this was a, a year to take a step, right? And I don't think the Heat have just taken a step this year. I think they've taken, like, two or three steps. And I think the best route for Miami, barring what Clay said, that of them getting one of those elite players that likely will not be available anytime soon, at least not this year, is improvement from within. And from within, it's a matter of, A, getting healthy, and then, B, having those pieces as they get healthy, get comfortable. And when I say that, I mean getting Gorn, Justice, Jimmy, and that group playing together. Something that despite this third best record in the NBA start, we haven't seen yet. I agree that Pat Riley is looking at this team as ahead of schedule. But I think it's comical, whether it's a national writer, whether it's a local writer, whether it's us, for anybody to think that we can speculate what's going on in Pat Riley's head. What I think, and I think the reason that fans may see this team and go, man, if they could just do X or they could just get this guy. I I think the reason that people are doing that is because this team is better than they expected. So I think fans think that this team deserves another player another one extra piece to put them over the top Mm -hmm. because they've done so much. But the rebuilding of this team, I don't think people, when they look at, hey, look, the Heat have the third best record in the NBA or, you know, that that they they beat, they won at Milwaukee, all these these things that have popped up this year. You have to take a step back and look at what they've done in the last year, right? Because they've already started rebuilding this roster. The Tyler Johnson trade, 
I thought at the time was step one, but I didn't realize how much it was step one. And then getting rid of Rodney Magruder, oh, okay, they get this throwaway guy, Kendrick Nunn, who is now their starting guard, right? They draft Tyler Hero, who, who, despite some recent struggles, has been really good. Everybody had talked in the organization about Bam Adebayo. Maybe he was going to develop. Maybe he was going to get better. No, the guy already has multiple triple doubles. Yeah. So I think that everybody sort of underestimated how much rebuilding had already happened and just if you look at the history of pat riley pat riley does big pat riley does bringing in zoe he does bringing in tim hardaway he brings i mean when he brings in players they get their numbers retired so pat riley's not going to make like a c-level move for a team that's way overperforming he may it's it's basically like a fight right he's jabbing but you know there's a hook coming. The we is, just don't know what, when or when the hook's coming or what it's going to be. And here's the issue, too. The elephant in the room is, is pretty obvious here. I mentioned the injuries and the improvement from within. The Heat are honestly playing right now with one arm tied behind their back because they have two of their biggest financial financial commitments in James Johnson and Deion Waiters giving you zero Zero. I don't know how many rosters, Clay, are there in the NBA, if any, where two of your highest paid players don't play. And not because they're hurt, but because for whatever reason, and it's pretty clear what Dion's reason is, insubordination and just having attitude issues, and JJ for you know early in the season conditioning and now just kind of personal reasons, they get zero contribution from two guys that they committed to a few years ago that turned out to be as we all know, horrendous deals. And that's why it makes it so fortunate that you've got some of these guys like Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson and, and of course, Tyler Hero. You you expect for a first-round pick to to contribute. Hero probably doing a little bit even more than, than I think they could have hoped for. But, Will, when you have those quote-unquote bad contracts and, and players who are not contributing that are making a lot of money, you need to balance that out. And he'd have been really fortunate right now in that they're having guys who can balance that out. And so that's the, yes, to your point, I don't know how many teams in the NBA have that much dead weight on their salary cap. It's almost like the Miami Dolphins right now. That you know Theirs was intentional, though. Yeah. They, they kind of front-loaded all that. They manipulated it so that they could clear their cap in 2019. Yeah. This is different, and, and this goes back, Will, to when we were talking about making trades and, and doing things like that. I, the, the unfortunate thing for the Heat is that they're kind of stuck with the James Johnson contract, the Deion Waiters contract, until 2021. Here's the fortunate thing, though, with that. Two of them. Number one, you've got a lot of guys who are starting to emerge that are making close to nothing by NBA standards. The guys that I mentioned. is basically a superstar in the making. Yeah. paying him nothing. Yeah. (laughs) He ain't going to be making nothing for much longer. No, no, no. He's going to get paid. But number two, and this is this is probably the most fortunate thing, and this goes back to what I said right at the top of the pod, when your cap space starts to get freed up, that's when you're actually going to have some guys available. And so I, whether you sign those guys into space or you make the trades for them, it, the good thing is that that dead weight on your cap is going to be free when you're really going to want to use it. And this is going to keep the Heat from making a bad move, potentially, in 2020. And you're going to see a lot of teams, by the way, Will, uh, overspend on guys who should not be getting close to max contracts because the free agent class in 2020 is so bad. So no, I, the reason why I shifted that back is because the the big picture questions with this team it goes back to what you originally asked what's going to happen as the the trade window has opened again on on this Sunday December 15th 
I think you might see little moves, but again, the Heat are not going to they're going to be patient. And and they're not you going to this, just you said the word that I was gonna say next. Pat Riley's seventy four years old. I don't know how much patience he has left for a man who's never I, been very patient. Agree, agree. They're going to be patient though in that and, and this is where I go back to with Riley, the winning and misery thing. And here's another one. Pat Riley is not going to allow good to get in the way of great. And so I don't think you're going to see him go out and get a good player now. I just don't know now. if great can come now. I just don't know if it can't. great can come now. No, no. And, and when I, I say now, I, I don't mean this week. I mean this season. I right. don't know if the great I, is DeMar, LaMarcus Aldris, is DeMar DeRozan, is, are those guys, you know, the names that you see, nope. that we were, Chris Paul, eh, none of those names to me brings the Heat closer to a championship right now. And, and I think, and, and I agree with you, by the way, that, that yeah, Pat Riley being 74 and, and being paid, but I think he understands that, Unless somebody great comes free, and and I'm with you. I think it's like a less than five percent chance. But unless that happens, all you do by just bringing in somebody good and being impatient is kick the can down the road on when you could actually get somebody that's great. Yeah. And and I think he may be looking at it as as I'm 74. Well, okay, you could be 75, and in the su- the the season of 2020 when you can trade for one of those guys and potentially have a great roster and make a run in a championship, waiting one year or maybe two is better than having to wait four because you went out and you got Chris Paul. Well, one of the things about this is if you look at this year's team, I don't think necessarily that what we're witnessing with the Heat is about individuals. I think this particular group... And a lot of people notice this, and we always talk about how fun this Heat team is, and I really think a lot of it has to do with the chemistry of this year's team, the the style of this year's team, the buy-in of this year's team, the way the ball moves with this year's team. I don't think that by adding a very good player and tinkering with that chemistry, it might not fit. And right now, if you look at the Heat, and if you go player by player on the roster, the number of guys who don't fit with the culture that they've established, with the way that Jimmy Butler plays, is very few. There are very few guys who are not fitting perfectly, right, who are game. not buying who does, in. Who doesn't fit in? Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters doesn't fit in. JJ, JJ doesn't Johnson. fit in. I, I, you know, the funny thing is, I think JJ fits in to the team perspective. I don't think JJ is an individual me guy. I just think he hasn't, he doesn't understand that this is a full-time, constant commitment to conditioning to the team but I don't think JJ unlike Dion who I think has now become a bad teammate I think it's fair to say Dion is a bad teammate right now I don't think James Johnson is a bad teammate I don't think he's a guy that in the locker room they look at and say man I don't like having this guy around I think he's a good influence for some reason though whatever personal reasons or personal things he may be having it's not translating on his work to become a better player than necessarily a better teammate Clay, what about Justice Winslow? Yeah, and and this is when we were talking about uh, off air before the podcast started. So, and, and look, I, I think we have a different level of of journalistic responsibility when we're talking about what we're reporting versus when we're sitting here talking about rumors and chatter and and stuff like that. Um, just speaking to some people at at the arena uh, before the Lakers game the other day, I. I'm just going to say this right now. I would almost be surprised if Justice Winslow is still in a Heat uniform by the trade deadline. And I, I Woo! think I'm, I, I'm writing that one down. I, I think this. I think Justice Winslow is a beloved guy, and and I think people really care for Justice Winslow. 
I think there's an old saying that says the best ability is availability. Mm -hmm. And I think right now when you look at somebody with Winslow that when the stakes have been at their highest, and I really look back to that Philadelphia playoff series a couple of years ago, he was fantastic. And and I think – there are times when they really need him when he really steps up. I think, unfortunately, whether it's because of injuries or, or whatever it might be, I, not wanting to, whatever it is, whatever the reason is that he's not back on the floor right now, they need him right now. You see, Jimmy Butler is exhausted. And right at, Justice Winslow is not quite the player that Jimmy Butler is. However, he can replicate some of the things that Jimmy Butler does, so he could give Jimmy Butler a break every now and then. They could really use that, but he can't because he's hurt, and the back issue is there. So I think you kind of get into this, the best ability is availability, and, and whether it's because they can't rely on him being there or... Some may wonder if if he he really does fit in with this intense, passionate, uh, fiery group that yeah. that you know the the three thirty four a.m. group. Look, the guys who are leading this team right now with <coughs> with Dragic and Winslow not there, Dion Waiters and and James Johnson not really a part of the team, are the guys that it's it's guys who are fiery, intense passionate about this game it's guys who are like-minded it's Jimmy Butler it's Bam Adebayo it's Tyler Hero it's it's Duncan Robinson it's Kendrick Nunn it's Myers Leonard it's guys who hey look Myers Leonard Bam Adebayo were there at those 4 a.m. workouts I mean I got another one for you that I asked this as a question yeah what about Derek Jones Jr. How does, I mean, he, how does he fit in with I, I think he's oh, he's I, part I, of yeah. yeah I think so too I, I think but, too he's just Look, he he had a nice day the other day, a game against the Mavs. I mean, he and the Lakers even. I mean, he he had a couple nice moments in the last week or so when they needed him. Oh well, and I mean, he uh, Trey Young is going to have Derek Jones Jr. nightmares. Yeah. I mean, he You're absolutely locked him down. Yeah. So, but it's those are the guys right now that I think are of one mind, and and I think unfortunately with Justice Winslow again, whether it's because of the injury, and by the way, it also kind of helps that. When he is at his best, his contract is pretty good. And however, it does extend out a couple more years. So he's not going to be a, a hard player to move and could potentially be viewed. His contract could be viewed as an asset for another team that may be willing to take it on and take on one of the, the bad contracts. So um, real quickly, though, you mentioned Derek Jones Jr. The problem with him, same problem with Myers Leonard. Those guys' contracts are up after this year. And yeah, not all. Look, not all. The, all these guys are core guys. No, they, no. They, they like the Heat. Like a, I'm not even sure Kendrick Nunn is a core guy. I wouldn't doubt if they use Kendrick as as one of those assets because of you know the way things stand now and the type of players that they have. If he, they use him as an asset because look, he's cheap. He's young. He's talented. I could see them eventually, not now, but eventually. Justice, you mentioned, is a guy I think that he could use as an asset. I do think the Heat are thinking of ways to get better. I just think they're looking at a big picture right now and saying, I don't know if there's anything right now that will really make us better that is worth it to use any of our assets. You know what's worth it, though? Anytime you go to our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. To your point on Justice Winslow, I think there's something there, I think there's something to be said for Justice right now as far as being that alpha and that leader. There was a lot placed on him 
in the last couple of years, having been a, a, a number one pick and a top ten pick, you know, and and the slow start to his career, he really improved his shot and got to the point where it wasn't as you felt uncomfortable almost early in his career when he shot. Now you see moments where, especially in the last couple of years, his shooting in threes was in the 35, 36% range and up, and you started getting more comfortable. But there is a moment, I think, in a player's career, and, I, and quite frankly, I think justice is there, where you have to find out, are you an alpha are you an A player? Are you a core player? Or are you a role side player? And Justice, the way he has been groomed, has been to be an alpha, to be a star player, a key contributor, a guy that is part of the reason you win and you win nightly. Too often, Justice has now kind of become that guy you barely mention or you forget about. Now, injuries have been part of it. I get it. He had the concussion. Now he's dealing with a back issue. But at some point as a player, and I think four or five years now into his career, he's got to look at himself and say, am I really going to be and do what it takes to be that next level? Not just an NBA player, but an impactful NBA player. You mentioned Bam. Bam has decided three years in, he's going to be an impactful NBA player, and he's not letting anyone tell him otherwise. Jimmy Butler's been an impactful NBA player for a long time. Goran Dragic has, throughout the years, shown you he's going to be an impactful NBA player. I don't know if Justice has that in him. I don't know if Justice has that, and it can't be coached. It can't be told to him to do. He has to do it. And I, this is the year, given what you just said, Clay, especially given all the questions about what's going to be there in 2020, 2021, this is the year for Justice to either be that guy or not be that guy. And so far, for whatever reason, he's not that guy. You know, I'll bring a little Duke into this, if I may, because that was kind of the Justice Winslow experience at Duke. He was only there one year, but he came in and everyone thought, my God, this guy, look how big and strong he, he is. Mm-hmm. Man amongst boys a for title. a college. He did win a national title. Uh, hey, look, for me to admit that about Duke. No, he did, and he was amazing in the tournament, but he came on late. It was a season basically spent like banging your head against the wall going god there's mm-hmm. more there like let's go like you're 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 bigger and stronger than everybody push someone around do something and then finally something unlocked in him late in the year and clay mentioned the philly series when i watched that philly series i thought oh look it's march all over again mm-hmm. justice winslow is doing march kind of things but the problem is as you mentioned now december January, February, Jimmy Butler's getting tired. Goran Dragic is hurt. Something's up with his knee. This is not a one-game deal. Somebody needs to give Jimmy a little relief. And unfortunately, and Will, I want, I kind of want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's greatest asset, the fact that he goes 1,000 miles an hour, I think at a certain point becomes a liability because he's got to realize, as much as he wants to instill, we're going to bust it for all 82 games, he also has to take care of himself, and he has to make sure that when you get to games in April, hopefully May, that he's going to be able to go. And if he's dragging now in December, somebody, if it's not going to come internally, then it's got to come from the Heat, has to explain to him, well, yo, take 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 a night off. Take two, you know, here's the thing, though. Uh, even it, or maybe don't load manage, but maybe play 25 minutes instead of 36 no, minutes. It's not, here's like, why, here's how, how do you fix has- that? Here's how it gets fixed, and it's Jimmy is actually, believe it or not, trying to fix it with his play. To Clay's point on Jimmy, to the discussions we've had on Jimmy, Jimmy is trying to set an example. He's basically saying, are you with me or are you against me? Who's coming with me to play this way? And guys are coming along. Bam, Kendrick, Tyler, 
Myers. Derek, right, but what if he Kale, wears out? Here's the thing. He, he is basically, he is betting on the fact that as guys in the season progress, guys are going to continue to jump along. Gorn, Gorn was showing it early in the season. He was playing big minutes. Now, they got to be careful with Gorn because at his age, it's definitely a factor. Justice is the one you wait on as well, and other guys. Obviously, at this point, it's past waiting for Dion and JJ. That's just not going to happen. Right. But, I mean, they. so basically, I think Jimmy is counting on Guys are going to get involved and get in and jump on this train and on this bandwagon or whatever you want to call it, and they're going to come along, and then that will dictate me being able to give off a little bit and, and, and step back a little bit. Do you think, he'll, do you think he'll be early, able to maintain this yes. pace for 82 games? No, but I think early in the season he didn't have this pace. I think early in the season Jimmy was playing hard defense and stuff, but he wasn't taking – he took 22 shots the other day in Dallas. 22 shots, that's not Jimmy Butler's game. Nope. He doesn't want to take 22 shots a game. He just recognizes right now he has to take 22 shots a game. That's a good point. But he will not take 22 shots a game. Jimmy, in his ideal range, is taking 12, 14 shots a game, ideally. And I think he had that early in the season where he was looking and kind of waiting. Now he notices, oh, my God, I need, I need to do this because guys are not enough guys are coming along with injuries or whatever it may be. But I think when it all settles in the next month or two, I think Jimmy knows I've got to be and I've got to have guys come along with me. If not, this isn't going to work this year. And, and Dookie, going back to your point about about justice and and playing really really hard in March. And I remember, by the way, I I start paying attention to college basketball in March, and that's when I saw Justice Winslow. I was that's like, all, oh, this, yeah. this guy. I remember him being good, phenomenal. And and anybody who gets him is is so so lucky. And so when he fell to the Heat, man, we were all geeked up. And what I think we've seen is with Jimmy Butler. Every practice is March. Yeah. And yeah. and so I think what's hard for this team to accept, and again, this is just I'm just putting this out there. It's not a matter of talking to the guys and having them tell you this, but when you've got Bam and Jimmy and Myers Leonard and Kendrick Nunn and and Derek Jones Jr. and these guys who are treating practice like March, like the NCAA tournament, and Justice Winslow isn't there, then I think it's kind of hard for them to just Kind of, kind of accept that he's going to be there when they really need him later on in the year. I got, if it's basic training and one guy's in the in the mesh room having a sandwich, it's it's not uh, you know they're not part of the collective that's being built. I just I I just worry you guys both. No, we both agree Jimmy with looked, you that Jimmy looks tired, and I'm just wondering. I mean, Will's fix is everyone else needs to pick up the slack. But in the absence of that, he's just going to keep going ten thousand miles an hour, waiting. Well, no, we all agree with you. I, I think we agree with you. I think the the issue right now, I think he should load manage. I've said this. I've done some radio interviews lately, and I've said I, I thought he would start taking off the second night of back to backs. I think he should. I think that Spo will be. I think it's so early in the season. We we opened the pod saying a third of the season gone. I think as we get, I think if we're having this discussion at the, at the you know, when there's a third of the season left, when two thirds of the season is complete. I think we're going to see a change. If we're still having this discussion that Jimmy looks tired and he's playing so many minutes and he's had to take 22 shots in big games all the time because other guys won't step it up, not only do I don't think the Heat will be the third best team in the NBA at that time, but I think there'll be a lot of concern that this is a team that will have trouble even getting out of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and I think other the, guys have to come along. Right, and I think the issue right now is he's having to do this because Winslow and Dragic are out. And, and I think, look, ideally if you were to make a move – and you would bring in somebody who can kind of be one of those playmakers on that second. You you've seen it a couple of the last couple of weeks, and the two games that really stand out were the Bulls game and I believe the Washington game. That what? Bulls game or, was or so the, awesome. Yeah, you were there, um, <laughs> or maybe the Atlanta game. One of those two, either Washington or Atlanta, when 
Jimmy came back in with like 10 or 10 and a half minutes to go in the game in the fourth quarter. Ideally, Spo would like to rest him until seven or eight minutes left. Yeah. But they could do nothing offensively oh. in that second unit. So you had Jimmy flying towards the basket, throwing his body around, drawing fouls. And credit to John Crotty, Will. He mentioned this during the game. He said... Those of you watching at home, you have no idea how exhausting it is. Everybody just says very flippantly, oh, mm-hmm. just go into the lane and draw a foul. It is exhausting to take that contact over and over and over again. So I think ideally either you load manage or when Dragic comes back, he's not going to have to come into the game so early and, and have to draw those unnecessary fouls because no one on that second unit can stop a run. The other thing that I think is going to help this out, and I know we're going to wrap this up, when you get into the playoffs, you're not playing back-to-backs. You're not, a lot of times, you're not even having just one night in between games. So I think that that being tired is is going to be mitigated by having the extra rest in between games. I, I think the concern is, and this is going back to your point, I don't think you want the fact that he's tired now and having to exert too much energy to lead to an unnecessary injury because that happens so many times. Guys are tired and they end up tweaking something, a hamstring, a groin, an ankle, and it becomes a long-term thing. Or they tweak phantom things, and that's the way the coach load (laughs) manages them. Oh, Dookie. Time to give a love to our sponsor one last time. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a cargo to a place with a reputation, I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac. Like your GMC Pembroke Pines, the Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. All right, guys. Now we uh, prepare for this new week for the Heat. We uh, do so as Emmy uh, winners as a department. Yay! Thank you, Dwayne Wade. For thank that, you, Dwayne. For, for your, Seriously, uh, thank you, Dwayne Wade. Oh, uh, I mean, Dwayne Wade, we don't have a show. What's the point of winning a show on an Emmy on Dwayne Wade if you don't have Dwayne Wade? It's the only reason we, we went for it. It's because of Dwayne Wade. Can you imagine in about 10 years from now we win an Emmy, the Dion Waiters story? <laughs> 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 Dion Waiters, outside the heat. Start playing music. Oh.